The following audio is from The Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit our website at grove.church. Oh man, what a fun thing God is doing here uh, with baptisms, and uh, we're going to celebrate here in a little bit some more baptisms. But uh, before we get to that, I want to make a quick announcement, ask for something of you, if I could, and then we're going to be in Romans 6 here for a little bit. Um, I would ask you to pray. This Tuesday, we have a hearing um, at the city that has to do with our church property. And like we've said before, we've been in contract with the developer, and they're looking to move forward on it, and we want to close the sale. And uh, the hearing is kind of a big deal. We've got different groups showing up from the community, and then we've done our homework, and the developer's done their homework, a lot of studies and stuff. And um, this is kind of one of the last steps before we move towards closing. And so this Tuesday at 7 o'clock, if you would pray, you could pray today, pray tomorrow, pray Tuesday, obviously, um, especially if you're thinking about that kind of seven o'clock window, maybe you put it on your calendar just for you and your family to stop and pray. We would appreciate that. And uh, again, we want things to go well. We want to move forward because we've talked about the expansion of our current facility and using the proceeds to help make that happen. So anyway, um, I thought I would go ahead and pray right now. So if you would agree with me, that would be Awesome. God, today we do want to pray as we have, and most of us have for a while, just for your favor as we move forward with the property and, and look to sell it and, and, and do what we want to do here to, to make a, a, just a greater influence within the communities that we're a part of. God, we ask for favor with the hearing, for things to go well with the examiner and different people that are going to kind of express maybe different opinions and stuff, that God, your hand would be upon all that happens. The Bible says that you can turn the hearts of men, you can work in ways that we can't, and so that's a great reason to bring this to you, for you to work, for you to have your way. We want you to be the Lord of that hearing. We want you to be the Lord of this church, God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Well, like I said, we're going to be in Romans 6 here momentarily, but um, you know, when I think of of near-death experiences, I think of two moments in my life in particular, and I guess I've had a few, but the first two that come to mind, one was when I first got my driver's license, um, I was working at PanSave. Anybody remember PanSave? Had my little blue vest and stuff, and working at Pay and Save, and I, uh, my family lived out on Tulalip, and so I'd drive out there to head home, and one night after work, I was heading home, and for some reason, I didn't notice a little ways in front of me, all the cars were stopped, and so I'm barreling down the road, and it's just a two-lane road, and, um, and all of a sudden, I see it, and I swerve and hit my brakes, and I skid into oncoming traffic, and I see in front of me a giant station wagon that's kind of bouncing down the road as they do with their shocks, and it's coming right at me, and I thought, this is it. And, and I, don't remember, I don't think I blacked out or anything, but I think in the adrenaline of the moment, I don't know exactly what happened, but I thought for sure, head-on collision, good chance I'm going to die here. And again, I'm like 16, 17 years old. And, um, and I skid, and I cross the, the road, and I end up on the other side of the road, and I kind of come to my senses real quick and realize, I don't know how nothing hit me, I don't know how we didn't get in head-on collision and cause a pileup, but nothing happened. And I was so amazed and and in awe of all of it, as well as my adrenaline was going that to be honest with you, I cried all the way home. So anyway, um, that was one. And another one was um, when I was up at Whistler, and I've shared this story in the past, but um, went up with there with a bunch of guys and, and ski weekend and managed to get myself lost and, and was stuck out there for a long time. And it was getting, it was dark out and stuff. And I was like, this is it. And I thought I'm the guy that they're going to find when it thaws and all the snow goes away. And I'll be the guy that's up there that, that you know, anyway, but I lived. So that, that's good news. Um, how many of you in here have had near-death experiences? Just raise your hands, okay? Yeah, a lot of us. Now, some of you refuse to explain what happened because it was a dumb way to go. But anyway, um, that's, that's for you. <clears throat> but there's something about the gratitude for life that you feel after moments like that. 
there's a sense of living with a greater purpose. There's a sense of like less wasted energy or wasted time on maybe things that don't matter. And then kind of doing those things that you really need to do or should do the right things. It made me think of that Tim McGraw song. Anybody with me? Live like you were dying. So this is where I was like, that's the song. And so, you know, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I love deeper. So there you go. That's the song for you for today. But, um, but it, it made me think of that. And the truth is, two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter, and Easter is a great day for followers of Christ to celebrate because it's a reminder, as Paul says, that what Jesus did on on the cross, burial, and resurrection, what Jesus did freed us from the fear of death. Jesus conquered, Paul says, the final enemy, which is death, and that is absolutely something to celebrate. But the thing is, there's more to the story that you and I need to understand. And that's where I want to take you just for a few moments today to Romans chapter 6. And then we're going to baptize like crazy. It's going to be fun. It says this, Romans 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, listen to verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness." What Paul is saying in Romans 6, and it's a case that he builds as you continue on through 6 and into 7, Paul starts with this picture that when you and I, and he's saying physically, when you and I physically die, we're free from sin's grasp. For the follower of Christ, we enter into an eternity face-to-face with God. It's this heaven thing. It's, It's amazing. And so Paul is saying physically when we die, we are free from sin. Then he reminds us Jesus died. And so he brings us into the picture that that Jesus paid the price. And so verse 8, he says, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Okay? He's talking about eternity. And then he's going to switch the picture a little bit as we go along here. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he can't die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So he's saying what Jesus did was a powerful work that brought life to Christ, obviously, in his resurrection. But now he's going to bring it right to you and to me by saying that, verse 11, in the same way. So he's saying that this death thing is the real deal. See, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. On one hand, as I said a little bit ago, you and I are free from the fear of death because of what Jesus did on the cross, burial, and resurrection so that we have hope when we breathe our last breath. And that's awesome. But the reminder Paul is bringing right around to all of us that say we're followers of Christ is this. The Christ-centered life is dead to sin. You and I are called to live dead. 
Do you know there's a missions organization that we're connected to that's called Live Dead? It's missionaries that feel a call to go to places in the world where their life is on the line, but they're willing to go and share the gospel. And, and if they end up tortured or whatever, they're willing to do that. And we had the pleasure of meeting a couple of these individuals, and it's absolutely amazing to talk to them because they view life so differently than so many of us. But, but we look at them and go, that's great for them and live dead and wow. But the truth is, for every one of us that says we're a follower of Christ, we're called to live dead. Dead to sin. It shouldn't have mastery over us, and yet sin tries. Remember Jesus' words in, if you're taking notes, Luke 9, 23 through 25. Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's that picture of dying to who we are, dying to the sin nature inside of us, and yet sin tries to, to follow us around. I remember years ago a pastor talking about how Paul's idea here is that we bury sin six feet under, and we dig and cover it up, and, and we walk away, and it's like sin digs itself out and, and follows us around, wanting us to be enticed by those desires. Does anybody find that at work, that when you gave your life to Jesus, you weren't all of a sudden free from temptation? Yeah, that's all of us. It shouldn't be a news flash to anybody. Jesus, be my Lord, and everything's easy and scot-free. No, no, no. We still face this battle, but Paul's reminder is that, that, that we, are, we have victory in Christ. Now, let me go back to Romans 6, and just for a moment here, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin how can we live in it any longer? Now watch what he's going to do here. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized, everybody say baptized. baptized. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him in, through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of of the Father, we too may live a new life. We talk all the time about steps that you and I can take in our faith, and we talk about sacrifice, we talk about obedience, and there's all kinds of, of ways that we can walk out obedience to Christ, whether it's forgiveness or reading the scriptures or learning how to have a prayer life or whatever that is. But baptism specifically is another step in the death of sin and into the victory of Christ when we walk in obedience to him. And so the beauty of what Paul is describing here is that tension for all of us that just because I'm a follower of Christ doesn't mean I'm free from sin. And yet the reminder is what Jesus did on the cross gives us the ability to have victory. And then as you play out the New Testament in the book of Acts in particular, the Holy Spirit is poured out. One of the purposes is that we can pull off Christ-like living. But the other part of this window is that baptism, as Paul says it, we lay our old life symbolically down in the watery grave of baptism. And we come up symbolically new in Christ. There's nothing magical about these waters. People are going to come, they're going to line up here in a little bit, and they're going to get baptized, and we're going to celebrate because there's a party in heaven, and we love that. But it's not like there's something in these waters where you're going to come out, and you're going to glow, and, and, and doves are going to come down, and the Lord's going to go, well done, child, and we're going to go, Wow! No, no, no. But what it is, is a step of obedience that I believe has spiritual implications. And so when we talk about that, that's what today is all about. And this is part of taking steps in our victory against sin. 
And, and, and even as we say it, it's this reminder, it means getting baptized. We celebrated on Easter weekend that we had 197 people say yes to faith in Christ. And that's awesome. That's something to celebrate. Okay? But, but here's the thing. As I said, you can learn to read the Bible. You can learn what it means to pray and have a prayer life. You can get involved in a life group, and you can get involved in serving in different capacities all around here. Those are great things, but we believe the only biblical next step for those who put their faith in Christ is water baptism. See, remember, like I said, you go back to baptism in the New Testament, and, and Peter stands up during the first sermon that's ever preached. New Testament is established, and the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out, and it's a miracle. There's tongues. It's incredible. And Peter stands up because people are like, what's going on? Are you guys drunk? What's happening? And Peter's like, let me, let me tell you what's going on. And he goes all the way from the Old Testament all the way up to what Jesus did and the price it was paid. And, and it says that the crowd, thousands, said, well, then what do we do? And what is Peter's response? Repent. Turn from your way of sin and living your own life and surrender to the work of Jesus on the cross and his burial and resurrection. Invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Repent and Come on, everybody say it. Repent and be baptized. There are great churches out there that say, hey, you take some classes and walk through some things. And those are great things. We're not anti that at all. We just know that a lot of people kind of skirt the idea, oh, i got to get baptized. So we make it as easy as possible. When some of you walked in today, you went, oh, my gosh, they have men seating on this side and women on this side. No. What we do is we make baptism as easy as possible. So if you're somebody in here that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you've said yes to faith in Christ, your next step is baptism. And this is up here and it says women because we have dressing rooms in the back and all kinds of sizes of shirts that say I have decided and all kinds of sizes of shorts for you. And for guys, the same thing in this direction and dressing rooms back there because we want to remove every excuse for why you wouldn't get baptized. Because you need to take that step. As I said before, and I will reiterate, we believe the only biblical next step for those who put their faith in Christ is water baptism. There's plenty of other things you can do, but when Peter says repent and to be baptized, that's the step you need to take. What I'm saying to some of you is this. You came in dry, you should leave wet. And you had no idea that was going to happen today. And I love that earlier we had a kind of a mess up between our transitions and services because we had people lining up to get baptized. I'm like, what are we going to do? I said, hey, we're going to dismiss and we're going to keep baptizing all the way through because that's all we can do. We don't want to turn people away. And if you're here today, and maybe you did two weeks ago, you were one of those that on Easter you say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus and come into my life. Or maybe you did it two months ago. Or maybe you did it two years ago. Or maybe it was 10 or 15, some of the stories even today. Man, 18 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus, but I never got baptized. If you're in here today and you've given yourself, if you've given over your life to faith in Jesus Christ, but you've yet to be water baptized, a bunch of people in a few minutes are going to line up over here and they're going to get baptized and we're excited and we're going to celebrate. But I'm talking to you too. If you're a, a lady in here, I'm going to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're in the balcony, you think you can hide up there. I see you. Anyway, you're on the main floor but you hear what I'm saying and you go, I, I know you're talking to me. Then I want to challenge you to take that step. If you're a lady, you can head this way and we'll take care of it. We, like I said, we got changes of clothes, everything for you over here. If you're a guy, you can head this way and we want to celebrate with you. We remove every excuse. And I realize, yeah, but one of my excuses is my makeup's going to run all over. We don't care. We're even going to take pictures. <laughs> Who cares? Obedience is walking out steps of obedience and this is an easy next step for some of you. So I'm going to pray. 
And in a moment, when I say amen, we're going to stand up, everybody. We're going to worship a little bit. We've got people that are going to line up to get baptized. If you know I'm talking to you and you're going, I got, today's my, I got to do this. And then I want to challenge you as a lady, make your way this direction. Challenge you as a gentleman, as a guy, make your way this direction and take that step today. Father, I'm grateful for all you're doing. Lord, we marvel at the fact that, Lord, people are lining up and going, you know what? I am about obedience. I want to be courageous. I want to step up and and take this step. And, Father, we're going to celebrate. We thank you for all you're doing. Speak to every heart. The people don't get out of here going, I should have. Well, I could have, but I didn't. I pray that people go, I did. And we're going to celebrate. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.